Global Health Voice, Episode 105, Virginia Cancer Plan. Welcome to the Rural Health Voice. I am Beth O'Connor, your host. We discuss rural health issues at the grassroots level and how state and federal policies play out in our local communities. Who is the Cancer Coalition of Virginia and why do they have a plan? Jessica Deering and Victoria Zwicker joined me to discuss the 2023 Virginia Cancer Plan. Well, welcome, Jessica and Victoria. Glad to have you here today. Thank you, Beth. Thank you. So let's start with some information about yourselves. Jessica, unlike most of my guests, your education isn't in a health field. It's in nonprofit management. Yeah, I've been the executive director of the Virginia Rural Health Association for 18 years, and it's a job that requires many, many hats. Why did you choose that career option? So I graduated from college and needed a job, and I um, took a job in a nonprofit, a blindness-based organization, and I really fell in love with the mission-driven work. And so I continued that and decided to go back and get my master's degree in nonprofit management because nonprofits are a business and there's, um, for them to be successful, you have to run a successful business. And so I was interested in that. I have worked in only healthcare-based nonprofits my entire career, which has been a long time now. So I have a special affinity for health and wellness. Victoria, why go into public health? Ultimately, I decided to study public health because I wanted to better understand how we as a society can uh, support the health of communities. And I was really curious to better understand some of the, the upstream determinants of health and, and how we can help people and help communities to uh, enjoy the best health possible. And both of you are part of the Cancer Coalition of Virginia. What is that entity? The CDC, Comprehensive Cancer Program, provides support to every state to develop a cancer plan and then to establish a cancer coalition. So in Virginia, the Cancer Action Coalition of Virginia, for short, we call it CACV, is our state cancer coalition. And um, our number one priority is to develop the Virginia Cancer Plan. And then we bring people together, organizations, individuals, anyone interested in cancer control and prevention in the state. And we develop that plan. We work to implement that plan together and evaluate our progress. Our members are cancer centers, hospital systems, healthcare providers, community organizations, survivors, caregivers, and others. Like I said, anyone interested in cancer control and prevention in the state can be a member of our coalition and help us reach those goals in the cancer plan. So how do people join the coalition? Anyone can join the coalition. We do have uh, membership dues. They're $25 annually for an individual. If someone's interested in joining us and the membership dues are a challenge, we do have scholarships available. And you can just go onto our website. There's a little button that says join and join our efforts. Uh, we have meetings regularly. We have different task forces and groups that are working on specific areas of the cancer plan. And we just finished last week hosting the Virginia Cancer Conference, which we do every two years. And over 150 people attended that. It was our largest ever. And it's really 
just people getting together who are interested in reducing the burden of cancer in the state and networking and talking and problem solving of things that we can do to help us get there. I was looking at your website and I see there are five priority areas listed. HPV immunization, colorectal cancer, breast cancer, and patient navigation. Why were those areas selected? So if you look at the Virginia Cancer Plan, it is a really big document. It's updated every five years. This is the fifth version of the plan we've had in Virginia. And it's there are 18 goals in it within 65 pages. So we cover everything related to cancer in the state. So it's a lot to take on. In the last cancer plan, we, the coalition and its members, targeted a couple areas where we thought if we put our efforts there, we might be able to make a significant difference. And so that was colorectal cancer and HPV immunization. Since that time, we've developed a breast cancer task force, and then we do partner with our patient navigator network, which they're critical pieces to cancer care in the state. We've also just developed a survivorship task force to focus on that. And the reason we did that was because when we looked at the last cancer plan and how we were doing with those goals and objectives, we weren't really making the progress we had hoped to. And so we felt let's have um, a focus area, focus on that for this next cancer plan. And in, and next year, we'll develop a lung cancer task force as well. So there's a lot in there. It's not that something isn't important, but there are just certain, we can only do so much at a time. And so there, those are where, how we came up with those areas to focus on currently. But again, that's changing all the time as we adjust and make advancements, hopefully, or see other needs that come up. And you said that you redo the cancer plan every five years. You just released it again this year, but what is the cancer plan? So the cancer plan is Virginia's roadmap for everyone, residents, and every single person in Virginia on how we address the burden of cancer. And we do that by looking at data and guidance from experts throughout the state. We spent over a year developing this new plan um, with 60 volunteer experts, like I said, who represent every area of Virginia. And um, we develop goals and objectives and strategies, hopefully to reach those, that will help guide our work over the next five years in cancer control and prevention. What can people working to improve health get out of the cancer plan? Why do we need it? First of all, the, the cancer plan, um, as Jessica referenced, it's uh, multi-sectoral, very collaborative in nature. And I think anyone working in, in health care and community care has an interest to get involved with developing the cancer plan and implementing the cancer plan because, you know, it's really thought that all of us, you know, working in, in our silos or, or in our particular areas of expertise can only get so much done. But when we really come together, work collectively and pool our, our resources, we can do a lot more together. So I think um, anyone working in healthcare and especially, you know, any area um, of cancer care, cancer prevention can find you know, themselves somewhere in the cancer plan. And we really think that everyone really does have a role. So, you know, we really encourage everyone um, listening to look at the cancer plan, join CACV and get involved. Now, I noticed that the cancer plan has goals, objectives and strategies in five key areas, prevention, early detection, 
diagnosis and cancer-directed therapy, survivorship and palliative care, and then pediatric, adolescent, and young adult cancers. You mentioned why you added on the, the part about survivorship. Tell me more about some of the other areas. So for prevention, the prevention section really encourages Virginians to adopt healthy behaviors and avoid unhealthy environments. And so some of the things that are included in that section are to reduce use and exposure to tobacco products, to increase adoption of dietary habits, recommended to reduce cancer, to improve physical activity, decrease underage and excessive alcohol consumption, increase prevention and treatment of what we refer to as carcinogenic infectious diseases, which are HPV and hepatitis, so increase those vaccinations, reduce exposure to UV radiation, and also to other environmental substances like radon. That's a snapshot of what's in there. It's a big section, but an important one and a lot of important, I think, and Vicki would probably agree, strategies that not only can large organizations and health like health systems take on, but each of us as an individual can look at some of those strategies and say, oh, these are things I can do in my own life to make myself healthier. You mentioned creating a lung cancer task force. I noticed the cancer plan, it shows that the mortality rate for lung cancer has decreased steadily since 2009. I would assume that it, that's due to the decrease in smoking rates, but is there data to back me up? There has been a decrease in mortality, you know, lifestyle changes and also advancements in treatment. But lung cancer is still a big problem. I think as 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 we all know, uh, many of us have known someone with with lung cancer or been impacted. So the Lung Cancer Task Force will be focusing a lot of their efforts on cancer screening for lung cancer because um, with the recent, you know, development of, of an actual screening test for lung cancer, we think there's a big opportunity to help a lot of people um, catch lung cancer um, before, you know, before it is advanced. Um, so the thought is by helping to improve access to screening, help everyone understand their options for lung cancer screening, we can actually make even more headway in reducing the mortality of lung cancer really by helping people to catch it at earlier stages when they can really have it treated best. I know for rural communities, there's some concerns about screening because there aren't a lot of services available. So if I screen positive for lung cancer, but there's no treatment options in my community, then what? Is it really better to know? Yeah, I, I think, you know, access to services in rural areas is absolutely an issue. And that's something that the Lung Cancer Task Force for Lung Cancer um, Screening We'll be thinking about and strategizing on how we can do better in Virginia to get the screening to um, people in rural and harder to reach communities, especially because some of those risk factors are even more prevalent in those communities. And so where we have higher rates of smoking, um, perhaps radon exposure, we need to make sure that people are educated about and have access to these services. And so right now it, it really is an issue and not just for lung cancer screening, of course, but something that um, we want to strategize with partners to, to help move the needle on that. Are there other concerns regarding cancer that are specific to rural Virginia's? 
Yeah. So, you know, I think before jumping into problems and barriers in rural communities, um, we just want to acknowledge that Virginia's rural communities have a lot of unique assets that support health. They have uh, strong civic and community bonds, really thriving faith-based and community organizations, academic institutions, um, just to name a few. But at the same time, we do know that rural communities experience a lot of um, unique uh, cancer-related disparities. And really across the continuum, whether we're thinking about prevention and screening or treatment or survivorship and beyond. Um, So when we look at cancer incidents, we can see that for some uh, rural communities, we see higher incidence for some cancers. There is a strange-looking phenomenon when we look at the data in Virginia and other parts of the U.S., is that we see that in some rural communities, the incidence for cancer is lower for some cancers, um, but the mortality is actually higher. And so what we think is that, you know, perhaps that is um, representing missed opportunities to catch cancers, screen for them, so that they can be treated proactively. Um, And when we look at cancer mortality data, you know, as, you know, we've talked about, we've seen a lot of great progress made in reducing cancer deaths in the U.S., but this progress has been slower for rural communities. Um, And in Virginia, we do see higher mortality rates for a number of cancers in rural areas compared to non-rural. When we look at risk factors for cancer and cancer prevention, we see um, lower rates of HPV immunization for kids living in rural communities. The HPV vaccine prevents six different kinds of cancer, including almost all cases of cervical cancer and many cases and increasing cases of oral cancers. So in rural areas in Virginia, only about half of teens are fully vaccinated against HPV um, compared to 62% in rural areas. So we think this is a big missed opportunity to prevent future cervical and oral cancers in particular for these kids down the road. We also see higher rates of tobacco use, especially smoking, and especially in our Appalachian communities. So maybe there's more support needed in terms of access to tobacco cessation and other services. In the risk factor kind of area, we also see that rural residents um, tend to report getting less exercise and less healthy eating. Um, And that could be um, at least in part due to higher rates of food insecurity and less access to environments that are conducive to to physical activity and exercise. Are there activities going on now to address cancer in rural communities? Some of the, the recent work that CACV has done um, to help uh, support rural communities um, is recently in the last year, we provided um, sunscreen dispensers and sunscreen to parks and rec programs in 32 localities across the state, including many rural areas. So actually 275 sunscreen dispensers were provided, as well as educational materials to help educate the public about the importance of protecting your skin. We also provided sunshade structures at early childhood education program sites in the New River Valley area to help provide sunshade for about 100 um, Head Start students. Um, So we're really happy to have been able to, to do that. And that was in partnership with the UVA Cancer Center. 
We also provided a community mini-grant last year, which provided funding to community organizations to help patients with transportation barriers. So through that, we were able to help get many patients screened and to their cancer treatment appointments and really address some of those more structural barriers to getting care, including in a number of rural communities. And we're also really proud to have launched a state cancer patient experience survey, which we hope will allow us to to really look at how patients and caregivers are experiencing their cancer care and any issues or barriers specific to rural communities that we need to address. What is the Cancer Coalition of Virginia hoping to accomplish through the plan? For each of the goals and objectives, if you look at the cancer plan, we have the current data on where we are right now, and then we have a goal, a goal set that we where we'd like to be. And I think that those are small steps that we can take to get to those goals for a healthier Virginia. I think some of it we can share. I like to share the stories of how the advances that we've made, because I think for those of us working in this space, sometimes it seems daunting that we'll never really work. Are we really making a difference and that there are baby steps? But sometimes when you can hear of some of the things that you've done, um, it gets you excited to know your work every day is making a difference. And so from the last cancer plan, which was 2018 to 2022, these are the areas that we either met or exceeded our goals. We reduced smoking rates among adults. We increased the diagnosis of lung cancer at the early stages. We improved the number of those age 13 to 17 who completed their HPV vaccine series. And then one really big thing is we secured dedicated state funding to support children with cancer. And this was the first time ever that funding has been designated for children with cancer in the state budget. It took many years to get there. And what that does is when children finish treatment, it's often very hard to transition back to school they need to coordinate with the school, they need to coordinate with their healthcare provider and with their families. And so this funding is put education navigators in every five of the um, pediatric cancer centers in the state to help with getting children back to school and then being successful as they move back past their cancer treatment and through their treatment. And that includes Carillion, which is serves a rural area in Virginia. So that was really, really exciting for our youngest cancer survivors. So what we hope is in five years, I can come back and visit with you and Vicki and I, and we can tell you some of the success stories that we have that uh, we think will make Virginia healthier. And I think the coalition's vision, it's a big one, is that there's a Virginia without cancer. So that's the end vision and goal for the cancer plan. That'd be amazing. I remember being at a American Cancer Society event once, and the keynote speaker was talking about a time where she um, had a play date with her granddaughter, and her granddaughter was, was working on some homework for school. And she looked at her grandma, and she said, Grandma? what's polio? So if we can imagine a world where a little kid looks up and says, Grandma, what's cancer? Wouldn't that be amazing? 
That would be. I think all of us who work in this space would be happy if we didn't have jobs anymore. I think <laughs> it sounds crazy, but it would be great. I- I'll bet you if we figure this out, somebody else will hire you to do something. <laughs> yes. Right, Vicki, if we can do yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so. We're all about putting ourselves out of work. 100%. Excellent. Excellent. What else should people know about the Cancer Coalition and the Cancer Plan? I think the biggest thing that at least I'll, I'll let Vicki chime in after if, if I don't cover, at least for me, is this cancer plan is for everyone. On pages 13 and 14 of it, we go into who are the audiences that this is for. And at the end of the day, there I could go through each and every one of them. But when you come down to it, it is for every resident of Virginia. Um, there is something there are things in here for health systems and healthcare providers that they'll be working towards, but then there are things in here for communities to make them healthier and more accessible for their residents to, you know, access opportunities for exercise and food and other resources. And then there's things in here for each person as an individual as they look at themselves and their family to keep them healthy. And so we're all in this together. And I think it's not just for those of us working in this space, but again, it's this plan was written with every Virginia resident in mind, and it's only together we can make a real difference. I'll add on, Jessica, maybe some of the work we have on the horizon that we're really um, excited about for the coming year. We're really excited to be doing some work in the HPV space, building on um, previous work that was done to build toolkits for dental care providers to really help them in making a strong recommendation to parents um, about the HPV vaccine, because we know that a strong provider recommendation is actually one of the biggest factors in a parent's decision. We'll be working with medical clinics and dental clinics to help support them to improve HPV immunization rates. And we're really hoping to target some rural areas of the state because there is a a disparity there. We do see lower HPV immunization rates in rural areas. So we're really um, looking forward to, to getting that work up and running this year. We also have a new community grant out to help support community organizations to enhance access to group psychosocial supports for cancer patients, uh, survivors, and caregivers. So we're really excited to be um, working with those organizations to help provide those mental health and other supports that are that are much needed, um, especially in our rural communities. We'll also be working with parks and rec settings this year um, to continue providing support in terms of sun safety materials and education. And we'll also be partnering with the um, Virginia Department of Health Radon Program to provide access to radon testing at no cost, as well as education about radon and radon testing. And so, you know, that's just a couple of things that we have cooking and on the horizon. We we won't be stopping there. There's there's so much as we've discussed that needs to be done. And as just as Jessica said, if we all work together, we can hopefully, you know, do do more to reduce the burden of cancer, especially in our rural community. If a community leader was concerned about cancer in their area, what could they do? Yeah, I think there is an opportunity to engage with the coalition to start with, to engage with us if you're interested in, in, you know, what can be done in your community. 
We have uh, a membership of over 300 people across the state. And I think um, one of the biggest or one of the greatest things about the coalition is that we're able to connect people together and say there are things being done in your community that you might not even be aware of. And how can we connect you with people who are doing something and how might you get involved? Um, and I think there are you know, other ways, I think the biggest is to collaborate with other organizations. Um, and I think that would be the biggest. That's, that's what I would focus on and contact us. I think and we can, we can tell you what we're working on, understand what your concerns are and how we can connect you with the right people to do something in your community. Just to build on that, Jessica, I think um, just really plugging CACV as a, a convener for Virginia for all things cancer. And so if someone wants to, you know, make a difference in their community and find ways to do so, CACV is a really great place to come to because of its large network of individuals and organizations. I'd say the biggest thing is uh, don't reinvent the wheel. There is probably work underway in other communities communities or even in one's own community that one could get plugged into in order to sort of synergize instead of duplicating. And that's one of the great, I think, roles of, of the coalition is really helping people find each other and, and be able to work together. So last question, question I ask all my guests and I'll ask each of you. So Jessica, if you could do anything, what would you do to improve health and health care in rural America? I really wish that there were some things that could be some challenges that could be alleviated. And I think transportation is one um, and access to care to be able to get to treatment. I think, you know, when you get a cancer diagnosis, your world like falls apart, quite frankly, at the moment of that diagnosis. And I, I wish that people didn't have to worry about how am I going to get to my appointment to be treated. That should really be taken off the table because they should be able to get to those. And we learned so much when we gave out the mini grants earlier this year. If we were giving a gas card to someone, we heard that people almost in tears receiving that because it made such a difference and it took pressure off of them so that they could focus on treatment. And it's even if, and I know that there are people who don't even have access to transportation. And so what can we do about that? And there are things in this cancer plan that strategies and, and policies and things that we will focus on. But for me personally, I wish some of those things weren't a barrier to people that they could just focus on their wellness. And hopefully we can do some things, continue to do some things to alleviate some of that for people. What about you, Victoria? Yeah, I think similarly, um, you know, short of being able to cure cancer or get rid of it, I think since, you know, for now, it's something, uh, reality we have to, to live with. I think addressing structural barriers to prevention, screening, and care are really important. And so, you know, if I had a magic wand, I think I would put navigation services in every community so that every patient, every caregiver, every survivor had some 
someone or a team that they could go to to get support when they need to get care or services or if they need psychosocial support, physical therapy, you know, there's a range of services that are needed. And so I think if I had the magic wand, I would uh, put a navigator in every community. Love it. Make sure people can find the resources that they need. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, you provided a wonderful list of references and resources. We will make sure to include those in the show notes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. That's Jessica and Victoria encouraging people to get involved to help reach the goals of the plan. If you want to be part of the conversation about rural health, join us in Blacksburg this November for the Rural Health Voice Conference. For details, visit our website at vrha.org and click the events tab.